You see, the thing is, I, I really don't know whether anybody's interested in this kind of thing or not, but I used to love to listen to people on the radio that just kind of freeformed, kind of riffed, you know, talked about things that happened in their lives and told stories. And I did kind of that with Father's Heart, but Father's Heart was very scripted and very kind of, you know, okay, this is what I wrote in the book and this is the story I'm going to tell. And I, what I'd like to try to do here to see if anybody is interested at all. It's just kind of free form it and talk about things. And today, for some reason, I just decided I wanted to talk about my days in radio. I went to my first radio job back in the 70s. I want to say 75, 76, back in that time period. I went to WDDY in Gloucester, Virginia. I'd been a Baltimore boy. I'd been living in Baltimore, Maryland my whole life. I went to broadcasting school there. And they got me a gig um, down in uh, Virginia. <laughs> and the, the, the whole point of the broadcasting school was they promised, well, sort of promised, uh, that if you did decently in the class, you would, uh, you'd, you'd get a gig. And they had a placement service. And they sent me out with a bunch of guys. They sent me out with Hipley. They sent me out with uh, Renahan and a couple of the other guys. They all got gigs. Geshen, I don't know if he got a gig or not. But uh, a lot of these other guys, they, they got gigs. You know, Gesker, man, Gesker, he he wound up working in public television, man. And then there was Smith. Smith was one of those guys that was so incredibly, stupidly handsome, square jaw and, you know, black hair, great build that you just thought, this guy, he's he's going everywhere, right? You know, Smith never, I don't know, did he ever worked in broadcasting? The last I heard, he wound up doing the hippie thing, growing his hair long and was putting roofs on houses out in L.A. somewhere. But anyway, they sent me out. And I mean, like, I barely graduated <laughs> at the bottom of my graduation class. I think that the guy that ran the school, John Jeppy, he just kind of like took pity on me and went, you know, this guy with his really bad blue and white check sport jacket and pink ties and stuff. See, I had never had a suit. I was like a pseudo wannabe hippie. And uh, the Broadcasting Institute of Maryland insisted that you wear a tie and a jacket and tie in class because in those days, back in the seventies, that's what broadcasters did. They wore ties and suits and they were all dressed up, you know, and on the air and stuff. So Jeppy insisted that we sit in this classroom in this reconverted Catholic school building or wherever the hell it was. And we wear jackets and ties. So I didn't have any of that stuff, man. So I literally went to a Goodwill store and found this awful blue and white check suit that someone had sent to the Goodwill store. It looked like the seats of a 64 Fairlane or something. And uh, a bunch of old thrift store ties. And I had still had my long hippie hair down on my shoulders. And I went to class looking that way. And that was my suit and tie, man. And so that's how I looked. That's how I looked. And John, I think Mr. Jeff, he felt, okay, I gotta do something with this kid. So they sent me down to WDDY in Gloucester, Virginia, down in Tidewater, Virginia. Now remember, this is my first trip away from home. This is my first trip. I'd never been away from home before. I'd never lived away from home. I was one year out of high school, went to broadcasting school for one year, got my certificate degree and my third class radio license. I got my ticket, as we called it. Even had to do a algebraic equation to make it happen. And uh, I managed to pass it, I think after like the third or fourth try, I got my ticket. So there I was. My dad drove me down, down uh, Route 3 and 301 and down into Tidewater, Virginia, down near Route 17 and different places down there. And uh, that'll come up later on. 
think I'll do a little bit of a song I wrote about going down there and uh, that'll come up later on. So there I am and he literally drops me off in front of the radio station. I go in and I meet my boss, a guy from um, Chicago. Yeah, Chicago. Anyway, he, the station was WDDY and uh, it was a thousand watt daytimer broadcasting at a thousand watts of power, but only from sunrise to sunsets with daytime station. Yeah, daytimer. So I had to, uh, you know, I had to go in and meet all the people. I'll tell you about, yeah, daytime stations are weird. But I'd, I meet, I met Art Lazaro. He was my boss and he was the owner of the station and the salesperson. And, uh, and I was the morning guy and I was also the afternoon guy. That's how this station was run. In the middle of the day, the, the broadcast guy was also the engineer, a wonderful old fellow named Charlie Lawrence. I will tell you some stories about as we go along. Charlie was just a top-notch dude, man. And I, you know, he was the old man to me. And I remember I'm like 19, 20 years old. Charlie was the old man. He was like, God, he was ancient, man. Yeah, he was like less, he was not as old as I am now, but Charlie was an old Virginia boy and um, he called me a shitbird. He called all of the the uh, announcers that came from the Broadcasting Institute of Maryland in Baltimore that came to WDDY, Shitbirds, because we were Orioles fans and he we broadcasted the Orioles games, even though that um, even though that uh, you know we were a daytimer, so if it was a nighttime game, we couldn't broadcast it. And if we started the game like a doubleheader or something on a Saturday or Sunday, we'd have to cut the game off in the middle. But that was just you know what happened, and then people would be calling us up, screaming at us, "What happened to the ball game and stuff?" Anyway, Charlie was a piece of work. He was just an amazing old dude. Engineer could fix anything, and and he said to me, "Man, son, this radio station was poorly built the day that it was built." And uh, they should have burned it down that day and salted the earth so nothing could ever grow here again, is what Charlie told me. And then uh, he said, but welcome. You'll, you'll, uh, you'll learn to love it here. Um, with a very sardonic, uh, you'll learn to love it. Anyway, so I, you know, I, I met Lazaro, I met Charlie, and then and, and Mr. Lazaro says, well, your pay is $400 a month, not $100 a week, $400 a month. And um, any long distance phone calls come off your pay, uh, anything that you do, you know, here that costs money to the station, take it out of your pay. And here's the name of a lady that uh, has a boarding house. And um, I went and met Ms. Hopewell, who had become my landlady while I was at uh, WDDY. And of course, she was an old Southern lady, religious Southern lady. When I knocked on the door, you know, it was perfect cliche of the moment. Ms. Hopewell was sitting there in, in the sitting room with her Bible in her lap and uh, knocked on the door and I told her who I was and one of the boys worked at the radio station and, and Mr. Lazaro said she had a room for me and she did and she took me upstairs and she showed me the room. Um, there was a room. There was a sink in there and, and nothing else, a bed, sink, a dresser. I think it might have had one time been one of her kids' rooms or something and the, and the bathroom was at the end of the hall and of course there was no drinking, no smoking, no women, no cooking, no anything allowed in the room except for sleeping and and then maybe reading and she saw I was carrying my guitar case with me at the time and she said and no loud music She's like, oh okay well you know fine I and you know uh, I mean I kind of basically stuck to that anyway I didn't play much guitar in the room there were other people 
that were living there, and I was a little too shy to display my stunning guitar playing skills at that moment. And uh, so that was, you know, that was my introduction. And uh, the next day, <clears throat> I, I got my first on-air day. I went to work, and uh, I had to be in there at 3 o'clock in the morning. Um, the station, when the station signed on sun, sun up, whenever sun up was, it was six, it was five, it was four fifty-two. I had to be on the air by sun up, and I went in. I used to have to get in early and clear the wire. It was called. You had to clear the wire. You had to go into the uh, AP wire machine, which was like this monstrosity of a endlessly running typewriter that just pounded out, you know, news and sports and and uh, features and you name it, and it all came flooding out of this machine on these incredibly uh, smeared smelly sheets of yellow paper and it had um it had a typewriter ribbon and of course every once in a while the ribbon would run out so one of the jobs you had to learn is how to change that ribbon and i never got that right i had to call charlie every time i had to change a goddamn ribbon he and i was like man can't you learn this no i can't figure this anyway you come in and you clear the wire you clear the wire. you pull all the stuff that had been flowing overnight while the station had been off the air you take and you rip it, you rip it and you separate it out and you put the national news on one nail, the local news on the other nail, the sports on the other nail, the weather on this nail over here and any features and anything that Art was interested in. And Art was a big Detroit boy. He was from Detroit. Any Detroit features, any Detroit Lions stuff, any any Detroit Tigers baseball stuff, you know, that stuff better be saved and he better find it when he came in in the morning. And, and you know, it, so when he did his his show in the morning, I think it came at nine o'clock, Tidewater Travels with Woody. Everybody called Art Woody because he had this little show, Tidewater Travels with Woody. And uh, so he came in, you know, and he would do the, his show and we'd play this theme song. You know, you're supposed to do it at nine o'clock. Of course, he's the boss. So you can't know. You start the theme song at nine o'clock and, and, you know, you're wondering, when the hell is he going to show you? Because, you know, he comes running up the stairs whenever the hell he's ready, you know, and, and the theme song is going on and it was this old scratched up record that you knew if it got to a certain point, it wasn't going to work anymore. It just wasn't going to run. So, you know, you're waiting for art to come in with this, you know, to do the thing. Anyway, so all the Detroit, so you come in, you sign on, whenever sign on is, whatever sun up is, you sign on. First thing you do is you hit uh, news, national news. And we had, um, we had uh, ABC News, so you hit the ABC News sounder, plugged in the cart. It was a cart, looked like a. Uh, if the thing would remind you the most of was an eight track, an eight track, you know, in the old days, like an eight track tape. You put that in, you run the sounder, and the ABC News would start, and then you'd like listen uh, because you know you have to when they when they go out for the you know you're listening to ABC News. That's when you that was your cue to play whatever local sponsor you had there and play, you know, whatever farm supply or Rexall drugstore or, you know, uh, Bill's sheep shearing or, or Jack's automotive or, you know, Bubba's uh, hauling, whatever, whatever local bit you had there, you put that in there to make sure you covered up the national commercial. And then you ran the national commercial because yeah, that's how they paid. You know, we didn't pay anything for this news. We ran the national commercials and that's how the news was paid for. So anyway, you did that. And then once that was done after two, three minutes or whatever it was, then you the announcer got to read the local news. And so that was like my first moment on WDDY in Gloucester, Virginia, you know, down there, my first live moment on the radio. And I wish there was an air check of it. I wish there was some way that you guys could hear how bad I was because it was oh so bad. And 
I hesitate to admit that I had never asked anybody, I never questioned anybody um, how to pronounce the name of the town. So when I uh, when I hit the local news sounder, when I hit the button for the local news and played a little local news, WDDY, local news from Gloucester, Virginia. Yep. First day on the air, first day in my new radio job. First moment in the spotlight. I mispronounced the name of the town that that I was living in. And uh, believe it or not, there's a little tiny station, local station. Everybody in town listened to the damn thing. And I think everybody in town called me to let me know and to let Charlie know and let anybody else who know. Because Charlie was there, you know, he's the engineer. Let anybody else know that the idiot that's currently on the radio just mispronounced the name of our town. So that's radio for today. And I have a lot more of these stories. Some of them funny, some of them sad, all of them real-ish. So if you're interested in this kind of thing, let me know. Because I'd like to do it, but I'm not going to do it if nobody's going to listen to it but me. Thanks for listening. I'm Ray Weaver.